0: Hey, what's up? This is Mallory Smart. Welcome back to another episode of Textual Healing. I am so excited for today's show. Michael, how about you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, my name is Michael Paul Kozlowski. Uh, so th- that's what uh, Scarecrow Has a Gun is under. But um, I also go by uh, MP Kozlowski, which are um, my young adult books. So uh, this is my first uh, adult book. And then I have... Uh, for young adult books under M.P. Kozuliski.
0: Okay. So, how's your morning going?
1: Uh, let's see. Got the kids off to school, and then uh, just doing some research for uh, my new books. So, that's about it. What about you?
0: I woke up about, like, two hours ago. I was going to wake up, like, 30 minutes ago instead, but my cat woke me up. <laughs>
1: Uh, cats tend to do that, right?
0: Yeah, it's actually one of the worst things is when you're asleep and like suddenly the meowing is in your dream. <laughs> what, uh, what kind of cat? Oh, She's just a pain in the ass stray cat that I rescued one day. Nice. H- how long have you had her? This is a very bad cat parent thing. I'm going to guess nine years. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's still very energetic though. <laughs> You know, it's funny, she was very adorable when we first got her, but like we saw her mother was like a really bitchy cat and we we're like, screw that, we're gonna get the cute one. She ended up being like her mother. She grew into it. Nice.
1: I I, I have a dog, but he's not with me right now. He must have uh, run upstairs.
0: Oh, my cat, she's standing right next to me for some weird reason. Every time I do a podcast, I think I've like shown it on like Twitter before. She kind of stands guard, I think, while <laughs> I'm recording.
1: As long as she doesn't uh, interfere, you know, jumping on uh, the keyboard or whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me, she does all crazy things but i don't know i think she thinks that i'm crazy and she can't handle the human losing their mind or else she won't get food (laughs) so you're saying that you're working on a new book what's the new book well
1: i uh i wrote a memoir uh about a a year or two back and um about, uh, about my childhood and uh you know, it was a pretty crazy, uh, somewhat tragic childhood. So, um, I was giving that to my agent, and uh, you know, the feedback I was getting is that I don't have as uh, a big enough name <laughs> for people to want to read a memoir. I don't. I don't uh, belong to any uh, group or, or, uh, you know, uh, that, that would, uh, make people pick it up. So it was kind of disheartening.
0: I was kind you know, of worried they, that you were going to say that she said that, like, I'm guessing your agents is she, that your yeah. life isn't interesting enough for people to read. <laughs> no, I, I think
1: the story, uh, she says is really interesting. It's just that, you know, people want, especially nowadays, you have to have some kind of a uh, platform to stand on. And otherwise, they're going to say, well, why do I want to hear your story? Who are you? What's your platform? Do you have uh, a million, you know, social uh, media followers? Things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of in a bleak place right now. And uh, so I said, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that book, and I'm going to fictionalize it and uh, turn it into a novel, which has now become based on my parents' Uh, experiences. So I have to do a lot of research of, um, you know, uh, 1960s and early 70s uh, Bronx. And uh, so that's where I'm at right now.
0: That sounds actually really fun. I love the research part of books. I haven't done a book yet that required research, although I am doing one currently. And I've actually been interviewing people from that time, and it is so hilarious, like, putting your phone down and recording them and realizing how shit they have for memory. Like, be like, can you remember the 80s? And they'll be like, give me a sec.
1: Right, which is funny that that you bring that up because, you know, the novel that I recently published, Scarecrow as a Gun, is is all about memory and how we... uh, you know, uh, think our memories are perfect, or um, we think what we do remember is accurate and true, and, and it's all fictionalized. It, and, and that's what got me writing that. But, you know, yeah, I'm sure you, you, you experience that all the time when you're interviewing
0: people. Oh, definitely. Since you brought up Scarecrow Has a Gun, do you want to tell us what the story is about?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, it, it's mostly. Uh, about memory but it's, it's about a man named Sean who his wife was killed 20 years earlier and he was there when it happened and he was hit over the head and uh, suffered retrograde amnesia so he can't remember what happened and it, it, it destroys him from the inside That that he wasn't strong enough for her he couldn't protect her he couldn't he doesn't know who killed her because there's this huge blank spot in his memory. And so that tortures him all these years. So 20 years after that happens, uh, he works for this multi-billionaire, uh, entrepreneur and he wins this, uh, contest that his boss throws and he wins a, a black box that, can replay every memory you've ever had. And uh, it doesn't play it in order. It plays it completely at random. And his boss tells Sean that eventually he'll get to the part where uh, his wife uh, was murdered, even though he can't remember what happened. His The memory is still stored somewhere in his brain. So Sean takes this box home and he starts... Watching uh, every single memory That he's ever had And it just jumps around from random times It goes from when he was 5 years old To when he was 20 to You know, back and forth And he starts noticing That everything that he's watching Doesn't line up With what he actually remembers And this actually Sends him down a further spiral Because he's starting To realize that his entire Life is fiction that that nothing he remembers is accurate so he starts going around questioning everything and he he thinks he the the machine is uh uh you know uh defective he he thinks uh maybe uh someone's playing a game on him he starts to get really paranoid and uh uh his life descends into chaos and and i'll leave it at that but i i think um it's a, uh, a, a it's a great mystery book, but it's also um, uh, very existential, and uh, I think it, it wraps up uh, satisfying. Uh,
0: I think I think people will enjoy it. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Um, I think one of my favorite parts is the title gives such little away. How did you come up with that title?
1: Well, uh, when, um, my, my oldest daughter was born, was born, we, uh, you know, sitting around the house, you know, those first, uh, few months, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, we always put on the Wizard of Oz for her, and I watched it so many times that I started picking up things that I've never seen before in the movie, and one of the most famous, uh, Uh, things that people forget about the movie is the scene when they're heading into the haunted forest that the Scarecrow is carrying a gun. And every time I told this to somebody, they never remembered it. They go, no, that's not true, and they have to look it up, and and, and they see the scene, and the Scarecrow really is holding a gun, and it's not for just a a blink. It's It's not just for a second. It's for a good amount of time, and nobody remembers this. And this is one of the most famous movies of all time. We've all seen it, and we've all seen it multiple times, yet nobody remembers it. So that that got me thinking about how uh, just memory messes with us and uh, that that things that we remember uh, aren't actually how things are. So I said, okay, how how can I apply this to a book? Because I started thinking about my own life and... and, um, when I was actually writing that memoir, which I started a long time ago, uh, I encountered the same problem. I was interviewing my brothers and my family, and we all had different interpretations of memories that, that we shared, experiences that we shared. And, and we all went off in different directions, and, I, and it made me basically say, what is real? So, um, uh, yeah, uh, that, so that's where the title came from.
0: Um, textual healing listeners, I can attest I just looked it up because my mind immediately is like, he's full of shit. Scarecrow does actually have a gun. Wow. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks and, like and he has yeah, no, no idea th- what to do with the gun. Like,
1: And it, it's also a, a weird thing uh, to have in that movie because it's such a fantasy movie. There's no technology in the movie. There's no guns. Why? Why would he have a gun? This is, you know, a, a land of like magic and spells and, uh, you know, zero technology. So it just it just seems out
0: of place too. It seems like such a really weird, almost. It, it, it's such a fake-looking gun. Wow, I'm just <laughs> yeah, gonna be obsessed about this for a while.
1: <laughs> it almost looks like it's made out of rubber. You're gonna see it, you know, bending in weird ways.
0: Yeah, it it definitely like. Uh oh, it, it doesn't look like it actually can like discharge anything like it's stiff looking. hmm mm, wow, that is the fakest looking gun I've seen. <laughs> I mean, aside from like paintball guns
1: right well, and and they all have some type of weapon, like uh you know, uh, the tin man obviously has his axe and the uh, uh is the lion uh carrying a net, or does he have some type of like spray? I can't remember I think exactly. I
0: like a spray. I'm looking up Scarecrow Gun Wizard of Oz again. We'll see. <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> this is my favorite part about this podcast is when I suddenly learn shit, I'm like, what the hell? Right, right. It looks like some kind of spray device. I don't know. I need to watch this movie again. I haven't seen this since I was a kid.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, it's like filled with things like that. Like, And I mentioned in the book too, there's, a deleted scene, which is really bizarre. If, if you know, one, uh, you know, look that up sometime that, uh, with the scarecrow, uh, when she first meets him, it's an extended scene. And he starts singing this weird song about, uh, because they wanted to play up a romance between him, uh, him and Dorothy. And that's weird. And then he starts dancing backwards. And it, it, the, the, film reverses. It's, it's a very surreal scene. And uh, I wish they would have left it in. It's I am
0: having such what-the-fuck thoughts. Wow. Okay, everybody, watch Wizard of Oz. Take your notes. Get back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I, I took a picture, a screenshot of, like, this really cool, intense-looking scene where, like, they all look like they're geared up, ready for battle. Right. right. And, yeah, of it course, looks you know, like the, n- the gun never goes off. None of the weapons really seem to get used. No, no. At least from what I recall. I, I'm not sure if it really is as badass of a movie as it looks in this one picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks like they're like Stranger Things prepped from season four. Like, they're like, we got some shit done. Right, right. We're yeah, also the no, most incompetent people ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they actually get their asses handed
1: to them right there.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> See, like, sadly, the only thing I really remember about Wizard of Oz is uh, Judy Garland being on drugs too much.
1: Right, right. Yeah, they They. they totally uh, popped uh, pills into her constantly. Uh, you know, it's pretty messed up and sad. But, um, yeah, so you haven't seen the movie that many times then? Like, even when you were a kid? Was it, like, just the one time?
0: I... I'm trying to remember, like, when it was, because it was before. Do you remember, like, okay, currently they do it on, like, TBS, I want to say, like, on Thanksgiving, where they would do, like, a Christmas story over and over back Mm -hmm. to back. There was a time in my childhood, and see, this is a fun memory thing, again. Who knows if I'm making this up? But I feel like they played the Wizard of Oz at one point in my history. I don't know. Maybe it was Christmas Eve. Maybe I'm making this up entirely. You have fucked with my memory, Michael. (laughs)
1: There you go. Some more memory problems.
0: I need this device now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, uh, that's the thing, too. I I think after reading the book, it's like, would we really want to know? Would we really want to replay our whole uh, life? And I'm not too sure we would. I think... I know my personality, I would get obsessive as well, and it would, um, I think we would also see that we're much more horrible people than we think, I think we would see like every time we said things in the past when we were kids that were rude or or just inappropriate and I'd be like, oh my god, Like, what was wrong with me, and you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, I don't know, too many uh, messed up things in my past maybe.
0: I think most people are assholes at some point in their lives. I mean, I always genuinely think that I'm a good person. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, it had to be like back around like Halloween. My nephew was going to dye his hair pink. And Mm -hmm. my mom kept being like, oh, everyone's going to make fun of you. It's going to be terrible. And I immediately was like, yeah, it's going to be fine. And then immediately my memory hit back. And I was like, no, don't do it. Because I recall that I actually bullied somebody (laughs) for dyeing their hair red. And I was like... I was an asshole. Don't do it. they are going to be assholes.
1: Right. I, I mean, but that's the thing about being a kid, right? We were all assholes at some point. And that's part of being a kid is because you have to go through that and you have to learn and you have to uh, figure things out. And, and, you know, nobody's born uh, an angel uh, who's uh, nice to everybody. We all have these horrible moments that, w- that we have to grow through, which is why it's unfair to hold you know, actions we do as a kid uh, against us, I suppose.
0: Yeah, you can't really hold a kid to too high of a standard. You, They only do what they learn. And let's face it, in today's world especially, they probably learn a lot of fucked up shit.
1: Right, right. Like,
0: 100%. I don't even want to know what they learn these days. <laughs> Other than they're no. really good dancers. They're amazing at that.
1: That's true. I mean, uh, my, my, my oldest daughter now is... Uh, Uh, 12, she'll be turning 13 this year, so I'm starting to get to that area where it gets a little more nerve-wracking, but, um, you know, uh, she's been uh, limited, you know, she uh, just got a phone for Christmas, so now I'm entering that territory, but uh, I'm trying to, uh, you know, not allow any social media yet, because I think that's where she's going to start entering the real problems.
0: See, I'm not a parent yet, but see, I'm not sure. What is our age range? I'm 32. What are you? 44. Okay. All I can say is from what I've witnessed with my nieces and nephews, I have 11 of them, by the way. I'm Irish. Wow. It's just in our DNA. <laughs> but keep an eye on that phone shit. That They fuck around on that. Right, right. And that- apps that you don't even know exist, by the way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I heard there's, like, ways to hide them. Like, they have a different, if you look at the phone, the uh, the button for the app says something different, so you don't know it, what it really is, and they have all crazy ways of hiding it.
0: Oh, keep their asses off Snapchat. Like, it's too easy yeah. to fuck with you that way. Yeah. But no, I've actually, God, I hate it. Like, I'm just going to throw all my family under the bus today.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just proud that I was able to keep her off a phone until now, uh, you know, uh, she's definitely one of the last of her friends and group to to have a phone. But you know, she's still no no uh, social media app. So that's what I'm. You, you know, gotta give them the phone eventually,
0: like especially at this age. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is actually weird. I think I got my first cell phone when I was either twelve or thirteen. But I used the excuse that I played sports, and sometimes practice mm-hmm. would end early. And I was tired of having to go to, um, this is how I forget how, this is a memory thing, payphone. I got tired of having to go to the payphone and having to uh, <laughs> call my mom and dad to pick me up. And they never wanted to uh, pay for it. So I'd have to be like, this message is from, and I'd have to like say the message really quickly before yeah. the beep. Right, right. So a lot I of people aren't like, even going to understand phone. that. Oh, I know. It's hilarious. I just, like, need to it, find someone doing it. So they're like, what? Like, I don't know. It's really fun trying to, like, race through every thought. Like, we got out of practice really early. Come pick up. And it always comes yeah, out It's, uh, like, uh, really fucked up, like, where I couldn't even get it out of my mouth just now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, uh, payphones, wow. Like, like, you don't even see them anymore. They're gone.
0: You do see weird abandoned phone bank areas, though, if you go to the mall, right. which is right. really weird. Yeah, and you have a kid. D- does your kid ever point out and be like, "What's that?"
1: <laughs> no, you know, um, not yet. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so.
0: See, they no, they, wh- they really are wh- missing out. That was a fun but very inconvenient thing. <laughs> I
1: mean, it, it's just funny when you talk to them, because they assume that all this technology that they have, that it, it, we had it when we were younger, and they're always, like, cocking their head, like, wait, you didn't have a, a, a cell phone? And, you know, no, no, we didn't have any of it.
0: I've had to go through, like, every form of technology going down. I'm the youngest in my family, so obviously my nieces and nephews relate to me a little bit more, and ex- that I have a life similar to them and have experienced all the technology that they have. But, like, I go back to, like, say, mixtapes, records, then I start talking about my MP3 player, and they're like, what the hell is that? (laughs) Right. And then I I took the step up, and I got an iPod. And they're like, iPhone? I'm like, no, iPod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't even tried explaining, like, uh, uh, VHS to them or anything, and... uh, you know things like
0: that. Forget about it. You know, fuck with them. Actually, you mentioned Betamax. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, there was <sighs> once another option, and it was really cool. I like to fuck with right. them and talk about laser discs. To be like, there you go. It was like ten times bigger than a DVD, and then they're like DVD, and you're like, okay, never mind. I'm not even. Yeah, and then you this. just
1: found a whole wormhole.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a DVD was a predecessor to the Blu-ray and, you know, similar size. I'm not even going to try and explain this technology. Let's just stream something.
1: <laughs> right, right. And then, and then I just feel like, you know, uh, m- my parents explaining, you know, the black and white TV with the, with the knob, you know, on the base. And, and then the uh, antennas that they had to adjust, you know, all those things.
0: I oh, know, especially when they're like, we only had five channels. And, you just, and you're like, you are <laughs> full of shit. But then you're like, oh, my God, they did. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, my parents are the type that um, they never wanted to throw away anything. In fact, our basement is still full of a lot of weird analog shit. So we had several TVs, and for a while we did have a console television. And really? See, that, that that's was
1: fascinating. Like, just, yeah, to see all that stuff. I, I wish... Uh, my parents would have held on to those things.
0: Well, they had to throw it away because I broke it. <laughs> My brother oh, really? dared me. He's like, you can't put a magnet to the screen. And I was like, yeah, you can. I was like 10. <laughs> and you can't put the magnet to a screen, apparently. <laughs> it was, was it the a color. strong magnet? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, really I was into magic. science at the time.
1: <laughs> okay, so you had those big, yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, I definitely was like, this is totally fine. I'm like... It's turning green. No. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. And wh- wh- what are those magnets like called? Bullshit. I don't even remember. I fell out of my back science phase decades ago. And that's how old I am. Decades ago. It's decades. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't like using
1: decades, right?
0: It's so fucking hilarious to start really like looking back at your life and be like, Oh shit. yep, Officially old. <laughs>
1: Right, right. I mean, yeah, and then, you know, it it always, you know, then becomes perspective and, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, I'm already like, well, I'll I'll, I'll switch ages with you and, you know, I'll take that and, you know, but, like, so what is old? I don't know.
0: Honestly, there are weird drawbacks to every single, like, generation. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. And also, like, I don't know, when I think of, like, oh, I'm old, but then I immediately remember high school sucked. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to be like, oh, I could totally do it again, but, like, mm-hmm. only with my adult retrospect, not, like, as a teenager.
1: Right, so you would want to, if you, if you, if given the choice to relive your high school years, you would only do it if you know what you know now.
0: Yeah, like, kind of like that 17 again thing. Right. Okay, but like, if I were to just suddenly go back in, like I was a very nerdy, socially awkward, introverted person who only had a very small group of friends, so no, I would not do it.
1: But do do you have a time in your life right now? If you had to say like those were my most enjoyable years, like if I had to go back sometime, it would be that time period.
0: You know, it's so funny because it's the thing that my fiancé uh, and I always keep saying is that we never want to be those people who look back. Mm-hmm. We, I'd like to imagine that the best years are you know, a couple years ahead of me still. But hey, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe like when I was like 23, that was, that was a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like your first breaking out, you're becoming yourself. I'd actually like to say I think I was best looking that age too. <laughs>
1: I think we all were, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people, you know, who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. Some people, like, bloomed early in high school, and then they just let that shit go. I know I've been on Facebook and saw that. That's true. So 23 was a good and, age. And, and,
1: and uh, as my, my wife likes to point out, uh, she thinks men get better looking with age, and she always uses a um, a Jeff Goldblum as a reference because like, she's like, You remember him in the fly and and look at him now. He looks all like, you know, suave and sophisticated. Like age worked wonders
0: on him because he was a weird looking guy. He was gangly as hell. I mean, he still is gangly, but he found Mm -hmm. a way to make it work. Right, right. Yeah. Like he is massive style. Have you seen him like when he had his cameos in Portlandia? No, I didn't see that. Ooh, you should watch that. He actually, he plays a cool, sexy guy in those cameos. Oh, yeah? hmm
1: Right, which you would never think, you know, back in the 80s uh, that he would play that part.
0: I think he also was in one of the Body Snatcher movies, and he looked pretty crappy in one of those as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you might be right. Yeah, like he definitely, it's almost like he hadn't grown into his head yet.
1: If that makes any sense. It does. I I know exactly what you're you're talking about. Yeah.
0: But he got style. You know, it's also like, say, with the Seth Rogen thing, where, like, Mm -hmm. that was an awkward looking motherfucker. But if you look up up now, it's like, you learned how to get your best attributes. Good for you.
1: Now, is that age? Is that money? Is that, uh, you know, a combination of the two?
0: I think with age comes confidence, and you know how to highlight your best attributes. Mm. But then, of course, obviously, a lot of people, it's money. Right, right. But in terms of, like, say, Seth Rogen and Jeff Goldblum, I think it's just the confidence thing. Like, where they actually, like, yeah. slowly learn yeah. who they are. Right, and, and you know, but,
1: but, you know, my wife and I talk about it and how it's, like, unfair for women because as they age, they, uh, you know feel like they have to, you know, do so much work uh, to, you know, that they could age gracefully and, and, and look better with age. But, you know, the world's so hard on them that, uh, you know, you, you just look at these tiny flaws, which in men, we go, oh, look, you know, he, he's growing into his age. He looks good. And, and women, you know, we're, we're much harsher.
0: I would say, uh, I just recently saw an interview with Jamie Lee Curtis and she made a very good point mentioning that. And I like her style of doing it where she was just like, people get old, you know, I, I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck and I'm not going to change anything about it. And I'm like, I dig you go off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there's a way to, you know, you know, uh, still have that, uh, creativity and passion of, of your youth. Like, you know, like, Madonna goes one step too far, but then you have, like, you know, Cyndi Lauper or, or, or Annie Lennox, who, you know, they, they still keep that vibrancy that they had in the 80s and 90s, and, and they look great, you know, like, um, without, like, looking foolish, because, you know, there's that fine line when, when you're trying to stay hip and young, even though you're older.
0: Does Madonna still look ripped? Like, you remember when she had, like, those massive, like, muscles and everything from, like, Kabbalah and everything? Well,
1: I, I mean, I think a little bit, but, you know, she's she's 65, I think, now. And she's still, and like,
0: a 20-year-old. She's gone from, like, cougar to, like, yeah. saber-toothed cougar.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, 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 like, I think, you know, and she's still, like, you know, busting out, like, you know, a thong and and uh you know wearing like you know uh a see-through bra and it's just like nah you're 65 now like you know there's still a way to stay relevant and cool and and have your edge but you know maybe that's going too far i don't know
0: right now she looks like if miley cyrus wanted to dress up like madonna for a day and tried to age up <laughs>
1: right <laughs> right yeah yeah i i you know i feel bad i uh you know we're a big uh, Madonna fan in this house, but I don't know what's happening.
0: Like, she looks like a 60-year-old woman who's cosplaying as Madonna. <laughs> exactly, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. good for you. It's so funny. Um, I was at a Stranger Things-themed uh, New Year's Eve party, and all the bartenders were dressed like Madonna. For Stranger Things? Yeah, you know, because it's 80s kind of inspired. 80s. I see. Yeah. So,
1: but but they would do an 80s Madonna.
0: Yeah, so they all had, like, the cool, like, jean jackets, material girl, and all that shit going yeah. on. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Sure. Did you do anything cool for New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve, no. No, I'm, you know,
1: past that point now. Once once you have kids, you sit home and, uh, you know, have a little party here. That's about it.
0: And do you, like, lie to the kids and say, all right, it's midnight, just to get them to go to bed and then leave you alone, or...?
1: Uh, for the past two years now, we've allowed them to stay up. So uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they're not wiped out, but 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 they, they hung out this year.
0: See, um, when I was a little kid, my oldest sister would watch us. That's what happens when you have a big family. You know, just the older ones eventually become the babysitter. And... For some reason, yeah, we always ended up celebrating New York New Year's, not Chicago New Year's, because, you know, they're oh, really? an hour ahead, yeah. Okay. So it would be like 11 o'clock, and they'd be like, alright, it's time, it's midnight, and then eventually would <laughs> be like, now get your ass to bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, uh, I was never a big New Year's guy, like, you know, I'm uh, about 40 minutes outside of manhattan now and i i lived in manhattan for about eight years but like i never once went to times square i did not want to do that whole thing
0: oh i would and, never um, attempt that no
1: no way no way and i mean i've been around it during times square could you know just going to other bars or clubs but uh i mean yeah you got an pass it but yeah yeah but uh no, nah, i like i tended to always like to go to uh bars when um they're not so packed. I, I like to, you know, have some good drinks and, and, and you know, deep conversation. I don't, I don't like to be squeezed in and, and just shouting the whole time, you know?
0: As a five-foot-tall person, I could totally agree with you. I get very claustrophobic, but, mm-hmm. see, I wanted to stay in for New Year's this year, but I got outvoted, so we went uh, out. Mm. Yeah, you don't always win.
1: But was it Okay.
0: Oh, I had a really great time um, until my friend took a sip out of my beer, forgetting that it wasn't theirs, and then they called me like a couple days ago, and they're like, I want to let you know I got COVID, Uh, and also, while you're outside and I was holding your drink, I drank out of your drink thinking it was mine. I don't know why uh, I didn't uh, tell you, (laughs) and I just wanted to like travel over there and be like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Did you get it? Uh, No. I, I'm pretty okay. fine, but it's one of those things Good. where right now my fiancé is sick because I mm-hmm. decided I didn't want to drink anymore that night. So I took a couple of sips, and I was like, I'm getting too drunk. And then I gave it to him, and he gave me water. Okay. So, H- Have you had just COVID at all yet? Oh, yeah. I, I got it in the first wave. Um, I, oh, you did? I, always, I, I don't want to sound like it's a bragging thing because it is like a weird thing, but I will say... Um, We were some of the first people to get it in Chicago.
1: (laughs) Wow! And was it was it bad when
0: you got it? Yes, it was. And the worst part is the doctors refused to believe it was COVID because they really didn't experience it here yet. Hmm. I know. So, like, we went through like so many tests. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, it was March fourth is when I think we finally got the confirmation of you have COVID. Wow! It was. Interesting for sure. I mean, have you ever had it where like you have a really bad fever though, and like there's something that reminds you of being sick, and you're like, I can't do this anymore. I never want to acknowledge it. I can't yeah, watch yeah. Disney live action films now.
1: <laughs> That's what you associate with it.
0: Yeah, because you know my fiance I didn't get it yet, and I'm sorry, I find this hilarious. Because, like, I was just watching the movie Antlers, too, and, you know, it's a guy who's trying to, like, lock himself up and be like, don't come near me or else I'm going to infect you. I told him that I was going to infect him. He didn't believe me when I said I had COVID either. I passed it on to him. But for that Uh, one day, he was watching Disney live-action films, that really bad Aladdin movie. I know absolutely nothing else about it other than it was annoying the hell out of me. And I literally got, like, really angry for, for one of the first times in our relationships it's been, like, 10 years. I, like, took my, like, pillow and, like, threw it across the room, and I was like, shut that shit off now. <laughs> Listen, that
1: might be a good thing to come out of COVID
0: if you never watch another live uh, Disney movie. Are they bad? I imagine they're very bad. They're bad. Well, you know,
1: like, I I watch them with my kids, and, yeah, I haven't had a, a good experience yet, I would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, so I, I'm happy. COVID gave me that. Yes.
1: Yeah that that's a that's a victory right there.
0: The other victory is as an introvert because we got it really quickly that when everything suddenly shut down, we weren't afraid.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, that's see, another one.
0: We got to like explore the city in a very post apocalyptic way. <laughs> Everyone else was hiding inside, and we we're like, "Damn, it's empty." Yeah, that
1: must be a weird feeling, right? It was actually pretty fun.
0: Like, I kind of miss it.
1: I bet. I mean, you'll never see it like that again, right?
0: Who knows? I don't know. There's always a possibility. I'm a millennial. Weird as shit things happen (laughs) all the time with us.
1: True, true. And was that the only time you had COVID, or did you get it again?
0: That was the only time. But, I mean, I had been exposed to it before, but never got it.
1: Nice. Yeah, I didn't get it... uh until about uh, two months ago. That was the first time I got it. I
0: remember there was, I remember, a news article that eventually came out saying that eventually everyone will catch some form of it.
1: Right. Yeah, I've heard that too.
0: And if you don't, then that means that you're probably a really lame person that people don't want to be by.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, introverted, and and, and, uh, my family calls me a recluse, so uh, I guess that's why I was able to uh, wait it out that long. But um,
0: it's not going to save you. I'm an introvert, socially awkward, who like didn't see anybody. <laughs> yeah, like, we joked around about it, being like we're never going to get it, and then ended up being the first people who got it. Do
1: you have a suspicion how you got
0: it? Yeah, it, it's actually uh, it, there's nothing but stupidity on this end right here. <laughs> um, it was christmas and we got a shit ton of amazon gifts and boxes and everything and we just have an issue where we just never clean up and also our cat likes hanging in the boxes and i wasn't paying attention one day and i tripped over one of the boxes and i put my hands out forward to catch myself and i ended up fucking up my rotator cuff leading me to have to go to an ortho who then made me do physical therapy. And Mm. that is where I believe I got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. I do like it, though. I have a very cool journal entry about talking with my trainer. And, like, I was going to go to AWP, and I was like, you know, I'm not sure if I should. And they're like, yeah, you have a better chance of, like, catching a flu and getting, like, deadly ill from that. You're going to be good. I want to go back <laughs> there so badly and be like, let's talk about this again.
1: Yeah, really. Give the uh, the journal entry as evidence.
0: And I'll be like, look at your bullshit advice. But no, I do remember like one day, obviously someone did have COVID and they didn't tell us because like suddenly they were like cleaning everything. I was, that should have been my sign. Mm, true. Yeah, like suddenly a shit ton more people are at the physical therapy place and they're like scrubbing shit down. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, really back great. then we were scrubbing everything down, though, right? It, it was actually still a little bit before then. Oh, still early on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was very, okay. We were at the point where the mask mandate wasn't even in place when I got it.
1: Like, right, because, I mean, they didn't really mandate that till like, middle of March, right?
0: Yeah, that was actually really fun because we didn't actually get our confirmed tests until after we were done being sick. Wow. Yeah, you got to love bureaucracy.
1: And how sick were you? Like high fever and everything?
0: At first, not too bad. But it was just kind of like felt like a really bad high fever and everything. I know I definitely spread COVID um, at the Walmart. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone got in my face when I was like very like messed up. Like I dropped a Gatorade yeah. bottle and they're like, are you going to pick that up? And I was just like, fuck off. And like yeah, we were very yeah. close, then yeah, she really? probably got it. But yeah, I mean, it ended up getting really bad. I think it was worse for my fiance than it was for me. He ended up cracking mm. a rib from mm. uh, coughing so badly. I have asthma, so that ended up being the bad thing for me. But right. like my doctor, he wouldn't let us come into the office at a certain time, so we were communicating solely off like our iPhones. And I was just like, I am having issues breathing. And he's like, Do me a favor, put your phone to your chest and breathe. And he's like, Maybe you're anemia. I, I know. I was just like, Can you really tell? Yeah. But he was just like, If it gets worse, go to the hospital.
1: Yeah, a lot of help.
0: (laughs) I know. He's like, for now, maybe just try and, like, steam it down. It'll open up your lungs. So I spent, like, countless nights, like, on my bathroom floor, like, steaming (laughs) from the shower. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. not going to name your name. Yeah, there you go. Although he really likes seeing us because he's like, you were my first COVID patient. So it's like, fuck you. I don't want to be remembered that way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so say you have a memorable,
0: yeah. Yeah, nice. we're, were those patients, where it's like right. you were a mystery, and damn, wow. <laughs> but let's get back on track with your awesome book and everything. I was sure. looking at your playlist, and I yeah. loved it because you were the only person. Okay, one, I'm going to judge you for Metallica, just because as a millennial, we have to hate Metallica. Gen Z doesn't understand either. <laughs> It right. almost ruined streaming yeah, i understand that i get it and uh, trust me i'm uh no fan of
1: theirs past uh the black album i would say
0: i've seen them live i'm trying to remember i had to be like 13 so i don't know them that well my brother was a big metallica fan
1: mhm
0: so i mean
1: yeah i mean most most uh I think boys probably, especially around my age, go have uh, they go through a phase. I mean, the reason uh, that Metallica song is on there is because uh, in the book, uh, Sean relived the memory of uh, going to a Metallica, uh, Guns N' Roses, Faith No More concert and hanging out in, in the uh, parking lot, which... Um, was actually the first concert I ever went to in real life. And, uh, I was younger than, than Sean was in the book. I was, um, what year was that? Um, I, I was probably 12 or 13. And, uh, that's why, like, in the background of that scene, you see, uh, like a few kids and, and, and that was me. Um, cause that was my first concert. So, uh, I mean, that, that's a pretty good, memorable,
0: uh, first concert. So. I'll say you have to um, back to back. You have Guns N Roses, Faith Namor and then Metallica. right There here. you go. Wow. Yeah, 'cause uh yeah, that that was uh, the order they uh, performed, yeah. I almost got to see Guns N' Roses at Coachella years ago, but now nah, I didn't make it.
1: <laughs> well this is when like Axel was at his like craziest and he like would delay the show for hours and you know, storm off after like, you know, thirty minutes and you just never knew what you were going to get with him during that time. And, and faith no more at that time was just up and coming and, you know, crazy out of their minds on drugs and everything. So, uh, uh, you know, it it was, uh, I I couldn't fully, uh, appreciate it all at that age, but it was still pretty cool.
0: Like if this was like an SAT test right now, and it'd be like, pick which one does not belong. I would say guns and roses, doesn't belong in that trio of bands.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, at that time, they were the biggest band in the world, probably.
0: I mean, that sounds... Okay, were you, like, in the pit? Like, where were you? Because if you're in the pit, that sounds terrifying.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Because this was, like, uh, uh, at Giant Stadium. So, you know, I had some, like, nosebleed seats.
0: yeah. Same here when we saw Metallica. We were, like, at the top, and I was like, I don't give a shit. But I do know that, like, I had a cousin who went, and, yeah, the pit was not friendly to him.
1: Funny enough, the, 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 one of the craziest pits I was in was uh, at Lollapalooza for uh, the Ramones. Like, and this is at the end of the Ramones. And the, the reason being is that, like, they just didn't give you a break. The second song... A sec The second the song ended, they went one, two, three, four, and started another song, so there was no rep and if you were caught in the middle of that, you weren't getting out until uh the end of the set so but uh that was pretty cool.:
0: I hate to admit what the worst pit was that I was in because I have seen like so many badass like metal bands, and I love punk, I like pop punk. I mean, I don't know if like you listen to the show and hear all the bands I love, but like I', I sure, yeah. to get in the pit. Scariest one was Paramore, though.
1: Paramore, really?
0: I know. Teenage girls, they will rip your ass to shreds. Wow. Like, I I was just like, I need to get out of this one. (laughs) That was, like, the only time I was actually in a pit, and I was like, I don't feel safe. I'm getting out. I had my niece with me, and I abandoned
1: her. Well, you know, it it gets gets scary because, like, you know, like, you're, you're standing there. And then as soon as the band comes on, there's that surge, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, everyone's pushed forward. And you're, you're, like, locked in place. You can't move. And, like, your feet can rise off the ground. And if you want to get out of there, you have to, like, throw el- elbows. Otherwise, you're not getting out.
0: See, I would say I don't feel too bad about abandoning my niece because she is much taller and bigger than I am. But my fiancé, he helped me get out because he's 6'2", and he could actually see above and everything. He's like, I I got you. Oh, there you you go. And I just shouted to my niece. I was like, meet us at the exit later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah,
1: I'm a small guy, so, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm like 5'6", so I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I always have people in front of me, blocking the view, you know, all that.
0: Yeah, but, you know, as a short king, that's what we call people of your height, you then know, oh, on, like, you. how I know, you gotta get to the corner, kinda, yep. and be like, I could see this way, and then you have to, like, despise anybody who's wearing a hat of any kind. Mm-hmm, true, true. Yeah, Th- those Or you, or you find a way, to, like, I would get to, like, concerts early, and I would try to
1: get, like, in the front row, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, but like I said, like as soon as the concert then started, everyone surges forward and you're pressed up against that, um, you know, the the uh, the bars that they have there in the front. Ugh. And be like your ribs are getting crushed. Mm. So I stopped doing that.
0: See, I never had that issue at a metal concert. I mean, I will say this to anybody who doesn't believe me. The nicest people when it's come to like moshing is uh, death metal heads and punk mm-hmm. rockers. Like, you fall, they pick your ass back up. You go to another concert, they're like, go fuck yourself, everyone for themselves.
1: Right. And and you can see the difference uh, in the moshing. People who uh, know what they're doing and those who don't, and you know, which scenes they come from. There's clear differences. And then, every now and then, you get, you know, people in there who just, like, literally want to fight and, you know, try to throw their weight around and you know, they missed the whole point. Things like that.
0: Oh, I know. You have like the people throwing elbows purposely, and it's like, what the hell's your problem? Like, get right. out of this pit. Don't you wish you could just like bounce people out of the pit and be like, get out. You're not allowed in.
1: Right. As as a small guy, I, I've always wished that.
0: <laughs> it's a thing where, like, you know, sometimes singers call out somebody. It's like sometimes I saw like flash a light and be like, this one, call this person out. <laughs>
1: Right, right, which I feel like didn't happen back when I was going to concerts like all the time. It was just like the chaos was like more embraced, and now I feel like they, they kind of look out for people more. But uh, I don't think that was the case back then.
0: I know the last time I was at a really big concert where like the chaos tried to be uh, contained, I saw Bikini Kill at Riot Fest a couple years ago. I haven't been to a lot of concerts lately because, you know, COVID. (laughs) Same. Right. Um, I had a chance to see MCR at Riot Fest. I'm happy I ended up, didn't do that because apparently that ended up being a bit of a crush experience and a lot of people got Mm. hurt. And they had to stop like at the end of every song and be like, people take three steps back and no one was listening. You had people like going to the hospital. It wasn't like that one Astro World thing, but people got hurt. But like, how familiar are you with Bikini Kill? Not not very. So, you know, they obviously were a smaller Riot girl band. I mean, I would say they are like, the Riot girl band, but obviously they didn't play, like, huge shows. But there was this very big chant that, like, Kathleen Hanna was, like, famous for where she would shout girls to the front. And, like, people mm. started shouting it in the middle of the show. But, like, it was a huge concert. And she even had to be like, uh, no, we're not doing that this time. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, if someone voluntarily wishes to move, just do it slowly and I'm not going to start playing until I see everyone's safe. And it's like, good for wow. you. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really?
0: And that would be my first, uh, crowd surfing experience. You doing metal shit. Did you ever crowd surf? Once.
1: Just yeah. once. Did you fall? And now I would imagine that's a completely different experience for a woman.
0: Correct? I guess. I mean, I'm not well, really like, sure. I've,
1: I've seen so many women, uh, crowd surfing, you know, back in the day and, and men just taking it as a, you know, free for all grabbing.
0: Oh, with like, 99 like, style?
1: That type, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, cause I was going to, to, to concerts, uh, you know, in the, you know, mid nineties and, and, you know, to the early 2000s, That was like my heyday and if a, if a girl went up, you know, oh, it they'd was be copying not fields, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. There's so many Woodstock '99 documentaries coming out <laughs> on every streaming service, and every time, yeah. just like that generation of guys, they're douchebags. Yes, hundred percent. And like, uh, I'm glad to say, like, you know,
1: I was a mid '90s grunge guy, so you know, I w- I was, uh, you know, a Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, you know, that whole thing. So, so you'd have been
0: better at '93 Woodstock.
1: Exactly. So like by the time it got to the ninety nine, all those bands I was not into. Like and it it did have a different feel, different vibe to it. Um so I I wasn't cool with that. I, I liked the uh, you know, the earlier nineties stuff. So you know, the heyday was, of like, grunge.
0: Weird like corporate and then you had like these other bands like corn and limp biscuit and shit and they're mm-hmm. just like fucking anarchy, but like not anarchy in a cool like punk way. Right, Like, not right. challenging the system, but just wanting to be, like, fucking angry and crazy.
1: Yeah, they, they had no idea of uh, the real politics to it.
0: Yeah. They, they had
1: no idea what, what punk was.
0: It's just like, we're white boys, we're angry, but we have no reason to be angry. Right, right. Other than we're not getting as much attention as we used to. 100%. I feel like I'm just, like, guessing right there. But, no, with my crowd surfing experience, it was fine. But then again, it was a Riot Girl band. <laughs> so I feel like most them right. were, like, you know, were good towards women. I mean, when I, I, yeah. I was moving to the front, I actually, there were guys apologizing for the patriarchy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like, that wow. was the concert I was at.
1: <laughs> no, that I mean, that's a good thing. It's just nothing, you know, uh, I've never experienced anything like that. It was just weird how quickly things have changed.
0: You know, I mean, I don't know if it's changed that way at every show. I think it just really always depends on the mood that the band brings.
1: You, you think there are shows still, like, where it's uh, an ugly type of vibe? I mean, I mean, there for anything, anything that we saw,
0: like, major... with Astroworld, I mean, that looked like right. there was a fucked up vibe. I mean, I don't think gender had anything to do with it. I think people just lost their ability to be human. True, right. Because, right. yeah, you know, I guess you just keep seeing it more and more. We're, people are more assholes these days. Have you noticed that? Or are we just old? <laughs> uh, hmm. Let's just go with the first one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're not going to say we're old. Fuck you, Gen Z. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's the people. Screw them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have no... Ability to just treat you like another human being. They just want to be like, fuck you, get out of my way. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's a different type of ugliness and and anger. You're right.
0: Yeah. But, you know, we all express ourselves in different ways. I'm not going to condone it, but y'all do what y'all do. What was the last concert you've been to? Because I imagine that's hard, being a parent.
1: Yeah, so... uh, I would have to say... It's probably been at least 15 years, and the last one was probably Tori Amos, I would think. Um, My wife and I are big fans of hers, and uh, we actually uh, flew to uh, Paris to see her perform there. And, um, yeah, it was was an awesome experience.
0: I feel like we would get along very well at a concert. (laughs) Yeah, why is that? I am loving your music taste. Right oh yeah, I love Tori oh, Amos yeah. also. Yeah, A little bougie to go all the way to Paris, but I won't judge.
1: Well, I I never been, and you know we we were we were still uh, you know dating and, and uh, you know no kids, and we were like screw it, let's do it, and it was just one of those weird things that we never did again, and
0: uh, oh, the fun, like spontaneous know, it, thing, yeah,
1: yeah, it gave us an excuse to to go to Paris, So uh, It ended up being awesome.
0: I wonder if I could still get away with that. Try it. Try yeah. it. I'm just going like to be like, oh, my God, this amazing band is in Paris. I don't know who I would pick, though, someone that my fiancé likes. Hey,
1: is, is, do, does your uh, musical taste overlap?
0: You know, a lot of it does. But, I mean, we do have some pretty contrasting things. But we usually, like, wrap each other into it. I mean, mm-hmm. he really likes pop music. Which is very okay. there are no gender roles in this relationship. <laughs> He's a Swifty.
1: <laughs> oh wow, all right. I know. See, I, I I'm very familiar with her because because of my younger my, my daughter. So uh you know I say, um,
0: you have a almost teenage girl, so yeah. Well, you know,
1: I I, I, I give them uh, access to my Spotify so they have their own playlist and I can never share my end of the year uh, Spotify because the top artist is always like Taylor Swift and I'm like I, I can't put, post that
0: <laughs> oh, Come on, Oh, that's just hilarious though yeah <laughs> I had it for a very long time it wasn't this year no it was this year because my nieces kept going on car rides with me and I almost always have Spotify on and they mm-hmm. all constantly kept playing all too well the 10 minute version so that ended up being like my top song <laughs> See, that's what happened. And and it was so awkward as I'd just be like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift as much as you all think. (laughs) Right.
1: I'm like, all right, I need you guys to uh, get your own Spotify account so I could, uh, you know, show people I'm listening to some cool stuff here.
0: You know, they have Spotify. It's just, you know, I always believe it's like you plug your shit in, but whatever. It be how it be. Yeah, yeah. Although I found, out, so like, if you, if do you see the minutes? Like they listen to the music like constantly. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 doing homework, getting dressed—you
1: know—just anytime they have a, a, a free moment, it's on.
0: And it's like I, I envy that a little bit because we really weren't able to. Right. I mean, unless right. you like always had like headphones on.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it was just a, a different experience. Like, you know, you know, I would uh, get a CD, put it on in my room, close the door, and like read the lyrics, and uh, you know, it was just a. Uh, it seems much more intimate now. It's, it's it seems more surface. You know, I don't know.
0: My favorite is uh, I, you know, as we discussed with Metallica, I come from the era of burning. <laughs> Our music, you know, ripping it off right, of yeah. you know all those fun sites, so yeah. you know you don't get the lyrics. So that was the best—is just hoping you're saying the right lyrics based off of what you heard. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like my brother. Oh, so that was, he your, that was never your primary because,
1: oh, yeah. like, the, the the streaming for me, the, the the burning the stuff uh, that came like later for me. So, like, you know, old nineties, uh, I was I was just getting CDs. I had a million CDs, and um. I didn't start uh, burning this stuff until, like, I guess what was that, early 2000?
0: Yeah, probably around then. I know I was in my middle school years. Okay. Yeah. So. Makes sense. But yeah, it's funny because you don't, like, get, say, like, the track list or whatever. You're just like, it's the new Green Day album. And my brother kept being, instead of a uh, holiday, he'd be like, a nullity. <laughs> because it's like you hear what you hear you don't have Yeah yeah yeah. And like at that point I don't know it's like you couldn't google it really cuz right. there's still yeah, the it, Google versus Yahoo thing. Mm-hmm. If anyone listening to this doesn't remember Yahoo was once a contender. It's true. Yeah. It's
1: true. Big time. It was it was like the number one uh uh site.
0: And all the fun chat rooms too. Mhm. Mm-hmm. See, you weren't young enough but i was young enough to like really get on there and my friends and i would do really weird shit on there <laughs> yeah yeah
1: you, you always find that i mean yeah i i went back to like you know uh aol those those things
0: yeah you know if i ever tell someone like oh i remember my aim handle and they're like what the fuck are you talking about and it's like <laughs> mm, i'm not even gonna go into it right But, no, I I loved it. See, you have a 12-year-old. You don't have to worry about, like, the chat room shit because my friends and I, on sleepovers, we love to go on the chat rooms and catfish people. Is that right? Yeah. It was was so fucked up.
1: Oh, man.
0: So, like, get ready. Your kid's going to do some weird thing. You just don't know what this generation's equivalent to it is.
1: No, you're right. You're right. The only thing a parent can do is just give them the tools beforehand to be, you know mentally prepared to do the right thing that's it that's how I have to look at it say all right I give I've given you great advice I've given you the guidebook now you're going to encounter some crazy shit and hopefully you know you do the right thing with it
0: I mean I think there is the huge difference with us is that like you know I had the baby boomers raising me so we really obviously Mm -hmm. didn't get the advice and no. all they're like is like, it's bullshit. There's nothing real. It's all fake. You can't trust anybody on the internet. Yeah. And now they're right. the people who you can't trust on the internet. 100%. 100%. So I don't even know what advice you give a younger person when they go online other than don't be an asshole.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and, and don't be an asshole and uh, just be careful because, like, you know, anything could uh, affect your future. You know, just don't don't put... know anything uh you're gonna regret out there
0: yeah like you know don't bitch about your teacher don't make jokes about your bully or if you're working or whatever don't make bad excuses of like oh my god i ditched work today because i lied and it's like they they could see that now right right yep so you know just as one of those like use your head yeah so that's really all you could tell them. Use your head and don't tell anybody where you actually live if you don't know them.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's how you get swatted. whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't believe you have to say that, but it's like, yeah, better safe than sorry. Right.
1: And, and watch out for uh, girls uh, pretending to catfish you, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they could really get away with that as much anymore. But <laughs>
1: right.
0: You know, I yeah. guess like with Twitter, you could still kind of pull off like fake identities, but I don't know. Do they still yeah. have chat rooms? I feel like no, uh, but but I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So our main character, Sean, what do you think his favorite band is?
1: It's a good question because... He is trying to, Sean's the type of guy who wants to stay relevant and, and uh, so he has a, a son who's 19, 18 or 19, something like that. And uh, he's always going in his room looking what posters he has on the wall or what music he's listening to. So he's trying to live vicariously through him. Uh, so he wants to always find out what's new. And what's, what's hip But um, Secretly His his uh, Favorite band Is probably Hmm That's
0: a good question uh, You could pull one out of thin air That's okay
1: Yeah I'm gonna say uh, He likes Nick Cave And the Bad Seeds I'm gonna say
0: So he's one of those dads Okay I dig it Yeah Yeah <laughs> I feel like he's the kind of dad who hangs out in the garage and is, like, listening to music like that, but doesn't want anyone to know.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's him. Yeah.
0: Like, we've all seen those kind of fathers, but it's like, okay, I got it. I feel you.
1: Although Nick Cave is great.
0: Oh, I, I, I love Nick Cave, too. <laughs> but, yeah, we have to hide it from the younger people if you want to stay relevant, you know.
1: Right, right. I mean... It, it you know it's a weird thing because like uh, like uh, you know now that now that you know she has her friends around and if I'm playing music and it's like well the kids are gonna think this is like the worst music in the world but then I'm like if they really did know they would know that this is the coolest shit <laughs> you know like but like they're never gonna know at that age that 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 uh, Tom Waits is like the best artist in the world you know what
0: i mean you sound like the father and this is 40 (laughs) when they're in the car and he's like no this is real music and he throws on soundgarden and they're like this is depressing turn it off (laughs) he's playing uh alice in chains through the the speakers yeah i think he's yeah
1: was it yeah he's playing Rooster. yeah sure that is me that is me damn it
0: (laughs) <laughs> and then you just have the wife and the daughters being like, no, turn on Sign Better, Sign Happy. And they turn on right. the most, like, scandalous rap shit.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, my family uh, loves to get on me that all my music's
0: uh, my favorite music's like dark
1: and depressing and, and moody. And, you know, maybe that's just me. I don't know.
0: No, you're an artist. You're one of us.
1: Yeah, right? That's where we go. Yeah, we,
0: we tend to just go for like, I think it's because there's better lyricism. In that kind of music, I'm I'm just generalizing here, but
1: no, no, I, I think you're right. I think you know when you boil it down to like, especially the stuff that uh, the stuff
0: on your playlist. I, I definitely got that.
1: Like yeah, it it used to. Uh, n- now it's more like I want a story. I want something that's that's really well written. Uh, that's something I, I, I really look for now. Like um, like uh, do you know uh, Mark Kozlik?
0: No, I don't.
1: Yeah, uh, he also sometimes goes by uh, Sun Kill Moon. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: And it's just um, it's almost like spoken word a little bit, but uh, it's just uh, and it's it's very uh, it could be very mundane, just him talking about uh, walking to the store and and, uh, going to a restaurant, but it's, it's I find it so mesmerizing. uh, I'm really taken by it.
0: I mean, he definitely feels kind of like folk rock and slowcore a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is spoken word like a genre? Because there definitely is a vibe to that. Uh,
1: There there probably is. Um,
0: I don't know. This is a musician Uh, who would be a good poet. (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly. And, and like, like, I like a lot of the stuff that um, Iggy Pop's doing right now uh, when he's, like, guesting on other people's tracks, and, and there's there's a little bit of that. He did a song for the movie uh, Good Times. Did you see that with Robert Pattinson?
0: No. For some reason, I don't like Robert Pattinson, so I tend to avoid him. No, I mean, him.
1: and this is a really, uh, it's by the guys who did uh, Uncut Jams back like there their uh i think second movie actually and it's a really small movie but he does like a a, a song for that soundtrack that's like kind of like spoken word and uh it's uh really good really good
0: i dig that do you recommend the movie do i have to watch this it's a
1: very good movie okay. yeah excellent did, did you see on cut jam
0: i did that one i saw
1: did you like that
0: yeah i thought it was decent Okay. I mean, it's a, it's I don't get hype for it, but I, I thought it was good.
1: It, it's a long, it's a long line, like very uh, grimy and intense, and uh, you know, lived in.
0: I like that way of describing lived in. Yeah. Hmm. What genre would you really? I mean, I know you said that there's definitely. I don't know what genre would you say Scarecrow is. Because I got uh, a bit thriller from it a little bit. You said it was existential. I definitely got that.
1: I've been, I guess, describing it as, like, literary thriller, because it's not, if you just say thriller, you know, then it's up with those, you know, like, uh...
0: Sounds like something that, like, Harrison Ford would make a movie out of.
1: Exactly, which it's not that. Like, it's, you know what, a better description would be, like, a. A paranoid thriller Or a paranoid literary thriller Like I I tried to um, You know Model it more off of like uh, Don Delillo's Like my literary hero Oh I
0: so, love him
1: Yeah So I would I would paint it more Uh In, in those boxes Over there
0: hmm Definitely I that Yeah
1: yeah I like I, I wanted to give it Uh A lot of substance And, and sometimes people hear thriller And they think it's kind of like Empty calories But but uh, I really think this uh, book will make you think, and, and you'll hopefully appreciate the writing. I think the writing's uh, a little uh, elevated from what uh, people would think a normal uh, thriller is.
0: I going to say, this definitely isn't brain candy. I mean, this kind of really gives the kind of J.G. Ballard vibe, if that makes sense. Yep,
1: that's another great example. Yeah, Ballard, yeah. for sure.
0: Yep so previously you said that you also write young adult books. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Uh, well, middle grade, young adult, so it's Juniper Berry, uh, was my first one. Then Frost, I actually, then the Diaryville Tales, then Frost, then Rose Coffin. So, um, if anyone's interested in those, uh, types of books, uh, those are available too. And they're, um, you know, they say that they're middle grade and young adult, but again, like, uh, I'm a dark personality and, uh, I don't want to do anything simple. So those are pretty uh, heavy for for kids' books. But, uh, uh, you know, people might enjoy them. They're more fantasy or science fiction based. And uh, one of them, you know, I have my fingers crossed, is very close to becoming a a TV show. So I can't say too much about it, but uh, we're almost there. So that's pretty exciting.
0: I'm rooting for you. Which one is it? Thank you.
1: Uh, For Juniper Berry.
0: Okay, yeah, I I was looking at that one. Why do you, uh why don't you add that to your entire website? Like why do, why do you only really push Scarecrow?
1: Um, oh just cuz that was the newest that was, you know, on there, so uh, you know, I have to I'm not good with updating websites and things like that and you know, I'm not uh I'm really poor at uh social media. I need to get better.
0: At first I thought you were going to be like I'm really poor. I was like Doing fine.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't make uh, uh, enough off my books. That's for sure. Hopefully, uh, you know something uh, will lock in place and make me set. That'd be nice.
0: Yeah, I think obviously, if it gets turned into a TV thing, that'd be amazing. I'm imagining, there, like, yeah, Netflix maybe. Okay, you can't. That'd tell be me, nice. That
1: that that would be the launching point. Sure.
0: I think like that's most authors' dreams. These days, it's mm-hmm. very strange that now we're just, like, we're writing the book, but we want to get it adapted. Like, we're no longer trying to go for, like, the great classic. I find that fascinating, how, like, we've changed as writers.
1: No, it's true. Uh, you know, I, I've never set out. I mean, it, I, I'm a big uh, film fan, but um, and I would have loved to make movies. I wanted to go to school for that, but I never did. But um, So I always write cinematically uh, and try to picture it a movie. But to me, that's, that's not the goal, which is why I, like, I've kind of, um, shifted from my young adult stuff to my adult stuff. Cause I do want to write something, uh, that'll last, that, that isn't frivolous, that, that, um, I don't care about, you know, uh, movie versions or anything like that. I just want to write a great piece of literature that, you know, will hopefully, uh, stand the test of time and be some type of legacy. So that's my goal right now. But, um, I think people fixate on on the film and TV just because there's so much more money in it, and it's so hard to make a living off of off of writing that. You know, a lot of people go, "I I, I need to uh, I need something to hit on on one of the screens and uh, you know live off of that."
0: See, for me, it's almost more like it's easier to get your name out there. It's easier to get your work out there because. Do you feel like enough people really would read, like, an actual physical book for you to get to that point?
1: Um, to get to what point?
0: To have, like, to have an amazing work of fiction, like an amazing book.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's just the thing. So few people read now, and, and even fewer people read uh, books like Scarecrow Has a Gun, you know, like. Um, so... Yes, yeah, so, so then I go, okay, well, maybe if, you know, Juniper becomes a TV show, that gives me more exposure. That, that'll make, you know, bring more people to my books. Um, so, you know, uh, it's unfortunate now that, that a writer has to kind of do one for me and one for them, and that's kind of how I look at it, that like, if I could write something popular as, like, a young adult book or something like that, then I could write something like Scarecrow has a gun, and go back and forth, and maybe my my young adult stuff will bring eyeballs to my adult stuff, and 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 then vice versa, and and that'll help me uh, get more readers and sell more
0: copies. I was gonna say, don't worry about like, say like Scarecrow not being able to be read by like young adults. Like I've given this to like my seventeen year old niece; she really loved it. So, oh nice, nice. Yeah, they can definitely handle darker shit because darker shit's all over Netflix and everything now.
1: No, it's true. And and I do think um, they can. It's just that how many of them are made aware of these books, how many of them
0: uh, are seeking them out, you know what I mean? It's just... Uh, it's kind of like what's uh, randomly thrown into their curriculum, which I like that it's become more mm-hmm. expanded, but... That and, like, BuzzFeed tends to do a lot of lists.
1: Right. And I, I just hope that, you know, uh, that teenagers are, are looking at that and trying to, uh, you know, be involved in some type of community that talks about books to get turned on to books. Um, you know, you, you just have to find somebody who, whose opinion you trust and, and, and you, you, you respect. And if you hear them talk about a book, then, then, you know, hopefully you seek it out.
0: I am really curious, like, where the hype comes from for some of these, like, big books. Like, I don't know if you're, like, you're, like aware of, like, where the, karate, where the Crawdads Sing or stuff like that or The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Like, they just got, like, mm-hmm. huge into those books. And it's like, who spun yeah. that?
1: I'll tell you who's fun. The, the, those are like the the Oprah picks, the the Reese uh, book clubs. You know, it's all these like book clubs that are now backed by like celebrities. And like, if you could get in one of those, then forgetting You'll just send, sell millions of copies. But you know, they want only like certain types of books. They want, like, I, like I can't see a book club books. Yeah, yeah. I can't see a book club, uh, getting behind Scarecrow, I, uh, you know, uh, as much as I would want them to. I, I just don't see it.
0: Maybe we need to find, like, a cool, dark, and twisty book club for you.
1: Yeah, you know what, we should, uh, we should start, start something, one. like, a yeah, a book club for, for, you know, just really interesting, different things, and, uh,
0: I think that would be know, really uh, badass if someone actually was like to step outside. If there was a celebrity who could start a book club off of this, who do you think it would be? The first
1: uh name that came to mind is uh I think Ethan Hawke would be good.
0: Oh my god, I love that. I was gonna say Ethan Hawker would known a writer.
1: Right, there you go. Yeah, because you know, like I mean he he writes and I think he has really good taste. Um you know, same thing like with his movies, he's always trying different things, um, and and he, he, he doesn't care about the mainstream. I, I think he'd be really good.
0: See, right now he's kind of giving me the creeps because of that new movie <laughs> he did. Which one? Black Telephone.
1: Oh, I didn't see that one. Was it
0: good? It- like, it's enough where, like, I have a podcast that's devoted to horror movies, and I have not suggested that one because I don't know. Like, okay. this is something that, like, should just scare children, but even I was just like, hmm, this is kind of creepy as shit. <laughs> yeah, like, they, like I, I have a name seen is that, but... only the grabber. Like, he doesn't have a character name. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he's just a kidnapper who kills children.
1: Creepy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and did you see um, first reformed? He did.
0: I hate to admit this. I yes. am addicted to Ethan Hawke, so so yes.
1: Well, no. First of all, that's nothing to be. Uh, you know, that's a good thing, definitely. And first reformed was just unbelievable.
0: Really good. Like it's I only I, I, I always said five of was his in- that I don't think I disliked. Like he's amazing.
1: I said I always said that if I was an actor, I'd I'd be Ethan Hawke. I don't think I would be this like, huge leading man. I would I do these smaller roles with uh you know um you just you know just quirky uh, quirky filmography where you jump from one thing to another and, and you could do uh you know the whole scale of things. He, he's uh he's an interesting guy,
0: and he's not held down by like one genre at all, right? So. Right. He's amazing. I love him. This has become now just a Ethan Hawk Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah. But okay. Do you want to say anything else before we wrap up? <laughs> um
1: no. I mean, you know, uh if if please uh you know check out my book and, and uh I am on uh, uh Twitter and Instagram, although, you know, uh I don't use it too much, but you can find me there at, at uh, M.P. Um That's K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-Y. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, and, uh, you know, just, um, I have a couple other uh, projects in the pipeline. Hopefully uh have uh, things to announce soon, and uh, that's about it, I think.
0: Okay, and we're going to try and figure out how to get Ethan Hawke to do a book club. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Let's just harass him on Twitter until he does it. Yeah. Is is he even on it? I'm not sure. I don't know. Let's let's check it out right before we go. Yeah. And I'd if like he doesn't society. My guess get is him. no. I'm guessing no. Let's see. No, he's not. Motherfucker. Yeah. His daughter Knew is. It. But you know what? she doesn't seem like she has any sway over him. Let's no, see if we can get up with Nona. Does she have She doesn't either. Wow. Wow. Good for them. Yep. (laughs) Yep. uh, Good that they avoided it. We have no idea how to contact you people now. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's got the right idea. If if I didn't have to be on to like promote my stuff, then I probably wouldn't be on either. Because it it just uh, drains me a bit, you know, uh, reading everything on there.
0: Oh, definitely. I have, like, a timer as to how long I can go on social media per day.
1: Nice. Good. Good.
0: But, all right. I am very happy that you decided to join me. Yeah,
1: listen, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. I had a really good time.
0: All right, that was Michael, the author of Scarecrow Has a Gun, who has now forever tarnished my memory of The Wizard of Oz. I'm sure he's really fucked with your memory about it, too. I totally recommend picking up a copy of his book, which is basically sold everywhere. And check out his Twitter account at MPKozlowski. Don't worry, the spelling will be in the show notes. As always, if you want to get to know us more, find Textual Healing on Twitter at pod healing and take a look at our website textualpodcast.com if you would like to help us out head on over to apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review check out past episodes and keep a lookout for new ones to come every saturday this is mallory smart thanks for listening to the show